Hey there, folks. Welcome to another edition of the Inside BS Show. My name is Dave Lorenzo, and today we're talking about something that I know you've been struggling with because I've been struggling with it for 30 years, and that's planning and organizing all the crap that goes into my day. So we've got the perfect person to discuss this with. I'd like to introduce you today to Laura Posey, and she is an internationally recognized speaker, author, and consultant. She's known as the simple planning specialist, and this is because of her unique ability to simply and easily laser focus her clients to get dramatic results. Her simple strategic plan is used by, get this, over 3,000 companies from startups to the Fortune 100. So if you don't think this is going to work for you, well, you're probably going to be the only one. She's the author of How to Plan Your Entire Year on One Sheet of Paper and the co-author with Jack Canfield of Mastering the Art of Success. Laura's a graduate of SUNY at Buffalo and she holds an MBA from Virginia Commonwealth University. She's fluent in German, so if you'd like to hear this in German, well, you're going to have to go somewhere else because I don't speak German, but she does, and she's currently working on her Spanish. Oh, we could do this in Spanish if you want. I can do that. When not on stage or with a client, you can find her traveling the world, playing golf, practicing the fiddle, that's interesting, or snuggling with her rescue mutt, George, at home in Richmond, Virginia. Please join me in welcoming Laura to the Inside BS Show. Laura, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Dave. I'm excited to be here. All right. So first thing I want to know about is I want to know about George. So how did you, how did you come, how did you and George come to meet? Did you, this, I'm assuming George was a, was a pre-pandemic pet, right? Very much so. Yeah. Uh, Mr. George is about 12 years old. I got him because my aunt has three daughters, two of whom work in animal rescue. Mm. And between the three of them, they had 18 dogs. Oh my gosh. My aunt, <laughs> yes. My aunt had six dogs. I went to visit for Thanksgiving and she, oh, he's coming over here. He heard his name. And she said, I have one dog too many. Take any of them. I have a five dog limit. And George and I just bonded, and so I took him home with me, and he's been with me ever since. Ah, uh, that's wonderful. I love those stories. We have, uh, we got, a, they'll be a year old. We got two puppies, and the story of our puppies, they were pandemic pets. We decided at the beginning of the pandemic, you know, after two weeks to stop the spread became a month. We were like, this could be a long time. Yeah. So. We knew we were going to be home, and we went to a rescue where they had a, a pregnant dog, and she gave birth. And like a couple of days after she gave birth, we went out and picked up. We, we went up and picked out a puppy, and they said, "Okay, come back. You can visit anytime you want, but you can't take them home until it's at least six, maybe eight weeks." So we yeah. went to visit at four weeks, and there there was our little guy with the ribbon we had put on him. And while my son, my wife, and I are fussing over the little guy we were going to take home. Another dog found my daughter and was like cuddling up with my daughter. (laughs) The mother came over, grabbed this dog by the back of the neck and just flung him. And it turns out she had a litter of 11 and she just was sick of nursing. She couldn't nurse anymore. So the lady who runs the rescue said to us, look, these these puppies are only four weeks, but your puppy and the one that the mother just threw that seems to like your daughter, they're eating solid food already. 
if you want, if you'll take both of them, you can take them home right now. So there I am with my two kids. <laughs> I mean, what was I going to say? So You're we, screwed, man. You're getting two dogs. We had two dogs. We have two dogs. And, uh, yeah. you know, just this morning, the uh, the big one ate one of the remotes. So we are dealing with the two big dogs that we have. So hopefully our two dogs will be with us at least as long as George has been with you. So that's uh, that's that's our that's our pandemic dog story. Um, (laughs) Let's let's talk a little bit about planning and why. Let's start with why it's so difficult for all of us. Right. Like even even just today, I started out my day with a calendar and everything was structured. And, you know, we're doing this interview at two o'clock in the afternoon, Eastern time. And my day is already off the rails. Why is it so hard? for us to plan correctly? You know, there's tons of things. I think part of it is as entrepreneurs, we are so opportunistic, right? So everything new that comes across, every new email, it's like, oh, that's an opportunity. And so we get, we have this sort of bright, shiny object syndrome and we get sucked into all of these different opportunities. And we forget that we've taken this time to put together a plan that's, that, already lays out what the best opportunities are and what we're actually going to do. Mm. I think the other thing that happens, and this is just a human condition, is that we drastically underestimate the amount of time that it's going to take to do anything that's on our list. The other thing that I see is that most of us do a really bad job of prioritizing our list each day. So what happens is we have to look at it and we have to keep combing through it and figure out what's the next thing that I'm going to do instead of just making it like a one, two, three, four, this is what I'm going to do. The the final piece is that we look at our lists a lot of times and we get overwhelmed by how much we've put on them. And so we do this really human thing called procrastinating and we think, oh, okay, well, I'm going to take care of this as soon as I finish checking email or as soon as I make sure I don't have anything urgent on Facebook that needs me. Right. And, and we just wander off into these other little areas where we feel like we can make some progress because we're, we're deleting emails or we're reading something really fascinating on Facebook. Mm. Um, And we end up wasting a lot of the time that we've allotted to get things done. Yeah, you raise you raise an interesting point. So, and I, and I think you uh, in your answer there, you hit on the thing that strikes a nerve for me, and that is the one thing that's like mission mission critical, right? And somehow it gets lost in all the crap that mm-hmm. that we have to do. So, what's the answer? How do we how do we stick yeah. to you know? For example, I'll I, and I'll and I'll share with you how I wor- did a workaround for my own misfun- mm-hmm. uh, d- dysfunction or misguided planning system. Right? I wanted to make the the show this podcast. I wanted to make yeah. it successful, and I was doing it once a week and for for on and off for four years, and it just never got traction, never got momentum, and I would realize I didn't have a guest like the day before. So what did I do? I decided, all right, screw it. Starting in December, I'm going to do a show every day. And I'm going to commit to doing a show every day for a year. Regardless of what happens, I will do a show every day. And if I didn't get a guest in advance, then I'm going to do the show by myself because that's what that's the commitment that I made. Now, so far, so good. I mean, we're, we're three months into this, and it's, it's, a, it's a huge priority, and it's a, it's a big yeah. pain in the butt. But I'm committed to making this work, so... 
making it an everyday thing, leaning into the commitment really made me focus on it. Yeah. Did I did I just kind of cut off my nose to spite my face or did I is this is this something that could be no, sustainable no. for the long term? Yeah, so it's totally sustainable. So the question that I always ask people is, you know, when they when they commit to doing something every day. Um we we call that a daily success habit. Like mm-hmm. so something you're going to do every day, it's a daily success habit. If it's but I I don't want you to think of it as a goal. Mhm. Um, so a goal is the, the financial result that you're going to get from doing all these other things, right? So if you're going to, if you want to sell a certain number of programs or coaching seats or something, and the podcast is a means to that, then that's great. Doing the podcast every week becomes a project with the goal of selling a certain number of whatevers. Right. Um, and so I, I don't, I, I think it's great to commit to that. Um, you know, one of the things that, that we use around here a lot is we call a lot. We use it every day. It's called the daily success checklist. And one of the things that, that happens here is you, you list out your goals and then you list out um, your projects, and then you have those daily success habits down here in the bottom. Mm-hmm. And then in the middle here, we have this little section on um, project tasks so that you're every single day you're looking at what are my goals? What do I want to sell this year? What do I need to accomplish this quarter? What are the big projects that have to happen this quarter if I'm going to be on track for those goals? And what are the three things that I have to do today to make progress on those projects. And those are at the top of the list because they get done before all the other stuff. Cause there's all this other stuff that happens in running your business, right? You've got to yeah. take care of your clients. You got to do your books. You got to prospect, right? But, but what are those big things that have to get moved forward every single day? The uh, other thing that I think is, is really powerful in there is if you add in focus hours. What are right? focus so hours? It, yeah. Tell me about that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, focus hours, each day of the week has a different theme for the focus hour. So every Monday would have the same theme. So for me, money, Monday is money Monday. So for an hour, every Monday morning, I set a timer and I work on money stuff. Mm. That's, you know, doing the books, checking my budget, making sure my uh, accounts receivable have all been paid. I've sent my invoices all that sort of stuff. I paid the bills. Um, and if I get all that stuff done in under an hour, then I go do the fun money stuff where maybe I'm researching something to invest in. You know, I'm, I'm doing the, the, the fun and interesting stuff. But when the timer goes off, we're done. Um, Tuesday for me is Touch Base Tuesday. That's when I do all of my connecting with my joint venture projects. I have Waste Can Wednesday and, and I just like alliteration. You don't have to have them that way. And that's the uh, day that I'm, I'm I with go you. It, it works. stuff and throw stuff out. Right. I have, I have teaching Thursdays, uh, cause I do a webinar on Thursdays and that's one of my, my training days. And then I have finish it Friday and, um, finish it Friday is from 11 to 12 every Friday. And that's when I get anything finished that hasn't been done because by noon on Friday, I want to be done with everything so I can walk away and play. That's great. I love that. 
All right. So let's talk. Let's start at the beginning. Let's yeah. talk about let's talk about goals first and yeah. help me with help me with something, because I want to make sure that I, that I have this straight. Um, so for years, I focused on specific goals related to my business. And one of the things that I found is I don't know. I don't know if it was uh, an emotional thing, but it was. Uh, I w- I would constantly get disappointed when I when I fell short of these very specific. Mm-hmm. You know, the smart goal, specific, measurable, yeah. the whole yeah. bit. Yeah. So one of the things I did was I shifted my mindset to make sure that everything I did was in alignment with my purpose. And I started mm-hmm. thinking about, so for example, my, my purpose is to help as many entrepreneurs, especially sole practitioners and professionals as I possibly can. Now I put that number this year and I want to reach 10,000 of these people mm-hmm. through my YouTube channel, through the podcast and everything. What I found is the purpose motivates me more than the specific goals. So mm-hmm. how do we reconcile purpose with specific yeah. goals, which are necessary for us to drive toward? Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that, that I've discovered with goals over the years is that purpose is really powerful. Um, it, it's what we, it's part of what we call pull motivation. Mm-hmm. So with pull motivation, there is something outside you that is pulling you towards doing something. Mm-hmm. Um, it's inspiring you and, and you feel compelled to move in that direction versus push motivation, which relies on willpower and discipline. It's the stuff you have to do or you should do, right? And so this is the stuff you get to do and you want to do. And so one of the things that we do with goals, is the very first thing we do is we have people sit down and and look at their ideal lifestyle, right? What do you really want in your life? And it's not just what do you want to own, right? Mm-hmm. You know, how many houses and boats and cars and all that kind of crap, right? But, you know, what do you want to be as, if you're a parent, like, what do you want to be as a parent? What do you want to teach to your children, right? And that gets into that purpose. And what do you want to demonstrate to your children? And so it's not just what do you want to buy, but it's, and what do you want to do on all the vacations, but it's what do you want to be, right? And when you get that really nailed down as to who you are as a person, what you really want in your life, then you can look at the business as a vehicle for getting you there. Mm. And then, then the goals in the business become, okay, well, if I want to make X amount of dollars, now you know what those dollars are in service of, right? Those dollars are going to, you know, buy all the stuff that you want, but they're also to pay for education that you want to learn more or to become better at something. It's, it's investment in your children, in your grandchildren, in your community. And so you get excited by those goals that you've set. Okay. All right. So in, in the system that you outlined, that's, that's Mm -hmm. front and center. That's first and foremost. And we, then the first three things we do every day are in service of achieving those goals. Yes. Okay. 
So what about like the necessary crap that takes up a lot of time that has nothing yeah. really to do with the goals? Like, you know, I got a, I, I just saw something on my calendar and my wife is going to kill me for referring to this as necessary crap. There's a, you know, my kids are going to a new school next year. Yeah. So we have to go meet with their counselors and like a whole day is blocked off on my calendar for that next yeah. week. That's just, that's necessary. I can't, I, there's no, there's no avoiding yeah. that. So everything else is going to get pushed my yeah. tendency is then to I'm going to instead of instead of trying to figure out a way to make it all work in four days, I'll end up working mm-hmm. one day over the weekend. Now, yeah. I mean, that's not ideal. So how do we right. accommodate for that using the tools yeah. that you have? Yeah. And that so that's where having the, the plan and and really digging down. So one of the reasons everything we do is planning on one sheet of paper. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons that I force people to plan on one sheet of paper is because it forces you to decide. Mm. And the, the, the root of decide means to cut out or cut away. And so by deciding what is essential, what must be done in the business, it's, it's leveraging the 80-20 rule. It's doing the things that are going to give you the most leverage and that typically don't require a tremendous amount of time. And so in, it, it, we were working through the, the planning. I wouldn't have you have five full days of activity that you were then trying to cram into four. Mm. You would have typically, if you were going to work five days, you would have five half or three quarter days maybe. So that you have that flexibility for the life stuff that that comes in. And sometimes it's the have to do stuff, but sometimes it's the want to do stuff. Yeah. Right. It's springtime. I don't want to be sitting in an inside room in front of a screen any more than is absolutely necessary. Yeah. So the the weeks then get get built around the fun stuff that there is to do as well as the have to do stuff. And I, and I would challenge you with the, the have to do, right? So with going to your, to your son's school and meeting with everybody, find a way to work that into your passion of being a great dad. Right. Right. And, and take all of that, that knowledge that you have from business and say, okay, what are the questions? Like you're a great interviewer. What are the interview questions that I could ask all of these counselors and teachers that I'm going to meet that are really going to give me insight into helping my son and my kids integrate into this school, right? Like make it a work thing. And you never know, you might end up with a blog post out of it or a video or there might be just some really cool nugget well, that actually you, can share. you just gave me a great idea we should, i should bring a, i should bring a crew and i should video the whole thing <laughs> yeah why there's not? gotta be gotta be something we can use there <laughs> yeah i mean well think about it i mean uh, you know it's a business if it, if it, if we weren't in the middle of a pandemic and everybody would freak out about six other people showing yeah. up with me i would definitely do it it's uh you know that's that actually that's a that's a very good idea you know and the thing about that is and maybe that wasn't the best example because I'm actually I'm really looking but forward yeah. to that I'm really I'm really thrilled about the school and we're we're yeah. actually thrilled that they got in so that's that's a good thing but there are there are other there's con- yeah. there's constant there are other things that I mean the vet 
we we sure. mentioned the dogs, yeah. right? How many yeah. times has my day gotten derailed because, you know, uh, an yeah. elk antler split and, you know, Enzo has a yeah. piece of elk hanging out of his mouth and I got to get it removed, you know? And that's your whole yeah. day. Your day is shot right there. You drop the yeah. dog off and yeah. then you're just waiting for the phone to ring. So, but w- but when your days aren't jammed, right, 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 you've got that flexibility. And what I find is that most entrepreneurs, particularly those who've come out of some sort of corporate environment, mm-hmm. still carry this remnant of, I have to work eight hours a day minimum. And because I work for myself, I got to work even more. And what I challenge people to do is to find that those creative ways where you can really get a lot of leverage and you're tracking and doing the things that are really making a difference and you're letting go of all of the things, even if they were, even if they were things that got you where you are mm-hmm. they're not necessarily the things that are going to take you to that next level. And if you're putting in that much time, I would challenge you to find what is the what are the pieces in the business that you're doing that aren't generating results? They're activities, but they're not getting results. Yeah, you know, that has always been a a big challenge is that this this feeling, and I know other people feel it too because I hear from them, this feeling of being busy, right? Yeah. And that's not the same thing as being productive. There's a there's a thread that you that you threw out there that I think we need to pull on. I first heard about uh, this from Dan Sullivan, uh, a big time entrepreneur coach, mm-hmm. uh, run yeah. strategic coach. This concept yeah. of free days and his yeah. his ratio of free days to work days is, in my mind, extreme. I mean, he's talking he talks about you know how at competitive athletes like football players don't play every day mm-hmm. they play one day a week they take two days mm-hmm. off and then they practice the other time you know i i embraced that for a time but then all of a sudden like weeds growing through a garden my schedule just infiltrated my free days so how do we is it is do we decide that there are some things that we're going to just let go and that's how we get the free days. Cause the free days do, I know they make me more productive. I know it. I just can't get back to that. So how do I get back to that? Yeah. And so a lot of it, it's looking at all of the stuff that you're doing and, Mm -hmm. and you know, one, I I'm always looking for leverage points. We're going to take one thing and multi-purpose it. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and, then what are the the things that I'm doing that aren't directly leading to more sales? I mean, the purpose of your business is to make sales. Mm -hmm. If if it's not, then you have a hobby, not a business, because even in a nonprofit, you got to make money. And so if the things that you're doing aren't directly leading to sales, you got to ask yourself, why am I doing this? Right? If it's just a passion project, put it in the hobby camp and spend your, your work time doing things that drive sales. So I'll give you an example. Um, when I first started in business, I wrote a weekly newsletter, had five articles in it wow. every week. Yeah. That's that. So that's an article you're writing every day and you're sending it out once a week. That's a lot of work. Yes. Yeah. Wore me out. So I was like, all right, I'm going to cut it down to three. 
cut it down to three. Nobody complained. Like, all right, go cut it down to one, see what happens. Nobody complained. So then, you know, the internet came along and I decided to turn it into a blog. So I would write a blog post every single week, boom, 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 boom. And I did an experiment three years ago and, and we send our, our blog out to our newsletter list. We put them all over the place, blah, blah. And so I decided to do an experiment. I did not write a blog post for an entire year. All I did was take my existing blog posts and I went back in and I changed the publish date on them. So it looked like they were new. Um, and so a new one came out every single week because the publish date showed up. Nobody complained. Nobody noticed. Sales didn't change. Nothing in my world changed because mm. I didn't write a brand new blog post. So guess what? I haven't written a brand new, brand new blog post in two years. And sales have gone up, not down. Um, and people used to compliment me on the blog. And it was like, oh, no, yeah, I'm doing this blog. I feel so good. But it wasn't making any money for the business. Yeah. And so I stopped doing it and bought back huge amounts of time. So now I write blogs because they're fun sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Or there's something relevant and timely that you wanna that you wanna talk yeah. about. Yeah. No, I get exactly. it. I get it. Okay. So we have we have our goals and our top three things that we're gonna do. Our first three things that we're gonna do every yep. day are yep. directly related to or in service of the achievement of our goals. Yep. So yep. after that, so let's say yep. I get my top three things done. Do I do, yeah. do I get to do other things throughout the course of the day? Cause that could take me half a day. Right. So yeah, exactly. And then you, then you do all the other little piddly crap that has to be done. Okay. Right. right. There's, there's always lots of little stuff that has to be done. And, and I think sometimes we forget, like we have control over our days. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, people can get on my calendar, but they can't get on Monday and they can't get on Friday. Cause I like long weekends. Mm-hmm. Those are also the days that I protect to just get stuff done when I really need to get stuff done. And I don't have clients calling me and everybody knows you can't get on my calendar. Um, you also can't get on my calendar before 11 a.m. because that's my time to get those three things done. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I know I've always got that time before 11 o'clock to get stuff done. And some days I start that at six o'clock because I'm awake and I'm doing it. And some days I start that at nine o'clock because I'm not, right? But it's it's building that flexibility in and controlling your time in such a way that other people aren't allowed to leak in, right? And and so you know one of the things is there's a I think there's a book called Never Check Email in the Morning, mm. right? Don't open your email until you get your projects work done uh, because it is a deep, dark hole into which you will fall and not get out. I, I the, the only way I could accomplish that is I took my email off of my main computers, the ones that I use for stuff yeah. like this, for streaming and for yeah. you know creative stuff. So the computer that I write at has no email. Yeah. This computer that I use for videos and for streaming has no email. Mm-hmm. The only computer that has email yeah. is this. You know, it's an inexpensive laptop that I use when I'm, you know, when I'm out back in the days when I went out. Right. And that has email on it. And that's the only. And you know what happens? 
if you ignore your email, nothing, <laughs> nothing happens. Exactly. <laughs> nothing bad. Exactly. Nothing there's, bad happens. <laughs> yeah. There's, a, there's this whole um, concept of email bankruptcy, right? People that have gotten so in the hole with, with email and they're so far behind and they've got 40,000 unopened messages and stuff. And so what they do is they just wipe their email. They just yep. delete everything. Yep. And you know what? The important stuff will come back. Yeah. All right. Now, here's the one thing I struggle with. So the, the email thing okay. I learned I learned years ago, uh, ignoring email has zero consequences. Yeah. Now, I'm cautioning the lawyers out there. I don't think you should ignore your email. You can skim it. But everybody else, you can ignore your email until you're ready <laughs> and nothing bad will happen. All right. So the one thing I struggle with is this... Um, it's FOMO. It's the fear of missing out, specifically yeah. with a client or with a prospective client. So a prospective yeah. client can meet with you this Friday or three weeks from now on Wednesday when you, yeah. don't, you don't take meetings on Fridays, right? So that if that's right. me, I don't take meetings yeah. on Fridays, but this client, this prospective client worth could be yeah. worth a lot of money, can meet with me on Friday or three weeks from now on Wednesday when he might not be as excited to do business with me. Do I give yeah. in and meet on the Friday or do I continue to protect the Friday? Yeah. So in a, in a case like that, and, and those are really one-off cases, right? I always like to test the waters, right? I like to say, you know, look, I don't work on Fridays. On Friday afternoons, I don't take client appointments. Um, and, and so I've got a question for, for you, Dave. If I take you on as a client. Is that something that you want to learn how to do is to protect your calendar and not let people run it. And if they say yes, and you say, great, you're getting your first lesson right now. We're going to meet three weeks on Wednesday. <laughs> right. Well, that works for you because that's what you do. <laughs> that's your, that's your whole gig. I mean, of course they're going to say, yes, yes, yes. I want that. My clients would be like, well, that's all right. Uh, how about, how about you squeeze me in? <laughs> right. So, so, all right. I look, no, I, I think it gets back, it gets back to setting expectations. Right. Right. No, I, I, I appreciate that. Yeah. No, my my clients it. and I, we make mutual agreements about how we're going to work together. Yeah. And, you know, there are no sales emergencies. There are no planning emergencies. And I say that. And then there are times when you make a, an exception. Right. So last weekend I was on my way to, to uh, vacation. I was going down the shore to to hang out with some friends and a client called and he's like, I, I truly have a sales emergency. Like he had a big deal. He had a sixty thousand dollar deal that was going south. And he didn't know what to do about it. And he's like, I really need some advice. I'm like, dude, call me. Like, I'm in the car, but call me. Mm -hmm. um, and then we hung up. And 20 minutes later, he's like, I, I did what you said. Now I've got more information. I need to talk again. Yeah. Okay, great. Like, you know, I'm I'm going to take that call because I'm, I'm going to rescue the client. Sure. Right. But if it's just they're trying to push me to fit around their stuff, we're going to have a conversation about that. All right. So what about those, those folks who have people in different time zones and, yeah. you know, I work with some people who, you know, work with folks in the UK, Australia, yeah. Yeah. and you know, it's, it's one day a month, but you're talking about yeah. either getting up really sure. early or, or staying sure. up really late. 
how do you how do so you're you you obviously have to change your system around based on sure. who your clients yeah. are right so you can't be yeah, absolutely rigid a- absolutely you build that in so last year this time um so on march 13th of 2020 i got on a plane for australia i flew to perth and long story short my three weeks in australia turned into three months in australia i'm sure most of my clients are us and europe based i do have some australian clients so i was working you know between the hours mostly of midnight and 8 a.m um i i did two i actually did four all day two two day all day events and two half day two day events um and you know it's like okay guys i'm gonna be on for 12 to 8 a.m because that's what we agreed to yeah right it sucked, but that's sort of a cost of doing business, I think. And yeah, sometimes you just, you have clients that, that, you know, have sort of special needs and you get to decide, okay, do I, do I do that? So yeah, I have Australian clients and we meet early in their morning, later in my day, but they're all, they're all in Sydney. I don't have any clients in Perth because the time zones just don't work. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's talk about some of the most common mistakes you see yeah. uh, you see people make. Now, let's bucket these folks into three different categories, right? Let's start okay. with let's start with the corporate executive, and then we'll do uh, professionals, and then we can do entrepreneurs, and we'll do entrepreneurs last because I think they're the you know they're the the people who they're masters of their own universe, so they're gonna yeah. you know they're gonna be an entity unto themselves. So, corporate executives, what are what are two or three mistakes that you see corporate executives? making with their planning and their structure? Um, One of the biggest mistakes I see is that they try to get too many people involved in the plan. Mm. Um, And I I see this over and over. They're like, well, if everybody has input, then they'll buy in. And it's like, if everybody has input and you take their suggestion, they will buy in. However, if they have input and you don't take their suggestion, they're checked out. Um, And you end up with just a big cobbled together mess. Your company hired you to lead and it's your job to decide where the team is going. So it's fine to just do the plan and bring it out to the team. Do not try to plan with everybody. That That's the biggest mistake that I make. I see being made. Okay. I, and I've seen it made a ton of time too. It's sometimes it's, you know, sometimes if you don't want somebody's opinion, it's better just not to ask. (laughs) All right. Uh, Let's move on to professionals now. So lawyers, CPAs, architects, engineers, financial advisors, uh, those type of folks. What, what is the biggest mistake you see them make? The biggest mistake I see them making is doing things the way they've always been done in their industry. They're like, well, I don't know. This is I'm a CPA. This is the way we do it. I'm Mm. a lawyer. This is the way we do it. And not being creative with the ways that they are looking at their business. So one of the the most successful attorneys I've ever met has a fabulous business model. He works with really, really small businesses. He charges them $1,000 a year for unlimited legal services. Mm. But those legal services are very clearly defined. I'll read over a lease. I'll look at a contract. I'll do boilerplate things. It's a great deal. or And he'll just get on the phone and answer questions. So he's got, I don't know, 1,000 clients, mm-hmm. um, paying him 1000 bucks a year. So he's bringing in a million dollars a year, guaranteed, every year. 
And he just sits around and waits for the phone to ring. Yep. And he doesn't track billable hours and he just works these hours. And if he's really busy, it might take him a while to get to your lease. But that that business model is fantastic because no everybody there's ten percent of the people that are going to call him a lot. Ninety percent of the people are going to call him once a year. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. But they know they've got him on retainer, and Mm -hmm. so it's a good deal for everybody. And so this this idea that well, this is the way I have to charge, and this is what I have to do because this is the way it's done in my industry is bullshit. It you've got to step back and go. What are other industries doing that I could model in my industry? And how do I really want to work? That's you know, great. I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, if you're an accountant that you're going to get out of tax season, like this is probably not going to, yeah, probably yeah. not going to happen. Like you knew what you were signing up for. All right. Now let's move on to entrepreneurs, right? People like us who, yeah. uh, we, you know, I, we live in the world of overwhelm. It seems like every, every yeah. opportunity is a good opportunity. So what are the biggest mistakes yeah. they make? Yeah. So, you know, we talked about um, the difference between projects and goals and, and, you know, not, not putting down their actual true business goals. I think one of the biggest issues that I see is having too many goals and having them be conflicting. You know, they're like, well, I want to make twice as much money and work half as much time. I'm like, you can absolutely do those, but probably not this year. Mm-hmm. Like pick which one is most important to you and let's do that. And then we can do the other one next year and don't have 12 different goals. Um, we limit our clients to four. Okay. We get no more than four goals. And they go, but I have five. And I'm like, great, get rid of one of them. Right. Again, it's that deciding. And, and once you've set those goals and once you've decided what you're going to do to get there, say no to everything else that comes along. Or if you can't say no, say not now. Not now feels a lot better than no. Not now yeah, definitely we, feels a lot better than no. We we have our clients keep a not now list. And so all of that opportunity that shows up, they write it down. All that stuff they think, oh, I just had the most brilliant idea and I should do this. Write it down. When you're done with the things you plan to do, you can go do any or all of that. And what we find is that when they go and look at their not now list, about 90% of it, they look at it and go, oh, I'm so glad I didn't do that. That was really stupid. I don't know why I ever thought that was a good idea. Or, God, I'm glad I didn't say yes to that guy because it turned out to be a total loser idea. And they just go through and they cross out all of the stuff. Um, but it, it, it gets it out of their system and into a place where there is a possibility that they can execute on it. But it's, it's sort of like the dessert, right? They got to they gotta eat their, their proteins and their carbs and their their healthy fats before they get to go have the ice cream. All right. Last two things to, uh, to talk yeah. about before, um, before we get to how we can get a copy of that great checklist that you're going to give to people. First thing yeah. is delegation. What's, what's, what are the rules for delegation? Because I'm a big freak about simultaneous execution right? Especially yeah. when it comes to business yeah. development, we can't just yeah. be working on one lead generation activity. We got to have six or seven going at the same time. And even starting off to start off six or seven lead generation activities, it's a lot. You're going to have to delegate some stuff. So what do we delegate and how do we know when we can delegate and how do we know if it's working? That's like a five hour question. I know. Um, yeah. So you know, the, the, 
the order in which we do things is step one, eliminate, get rid of anything that it's not worth delegating. It's not worth doing. The second thing is what can you automate? So before you delegate, mm. what can you automate? What software can you use? What can you make automatic so it'll work for you? Then uh, when you get, if you've done both of those, then you get down to delegation. Um, I'm a big fan of trials. So whoever you're going to delegate to, make sure that you set them up with one task with very clear instructions and see if they execute on time and on budget in the way that you want. If they didn't do it, if they did it on time and on budget, but not the way you wanted it done, then you've got to go back and, and evaluate, was I unclear in my directions or was it them, right? So is it me or is it them? If it's you, address that. Um, one of the things that I think is really powerful in delegation, like people forever write me emails, okay, I want you to do this thing, or they set up a task on a list and it's, it's like they're just trying to get it off their plate as fast as possible. Take a few minutes, shoot a quick video and tell them what you want. Right? You can just knock out a Loom video in or whatever it is you're using in three or four minutes and say exactly what it is that you want. And if it's something that's been done before or you want it to look or feel like something, give them a freaking example. Mm. <laughs> Don't make them start from scratch. Um, and I think, you know, the things that you delegate are the things that are not revenue critical items. They like don't, I see people all the time, well, I'm going to hire somebody to do sales for me. I'm like, don't do that. Yeah. No, it's no, the no, hardest position to hire for. Yeah. I go get first person you hire other than somebody to like manage your calendars, hire a bookkeeper, right? They're easy to find. It's a very defined skill set. Did they put the right numbers in the right boxes? Yes or no. Right. Get that kind of stuff off of your plate. I mean, unless you're a bookkeeper, in which case, there's other <laughs> stuff, right? But, um, don't ever let go of the sales and marketing. That's the lifeblood. Yeah, we. I. You're 100 percent right. Uh, one of the one of the things that we discovered early on is the you know bookkeeping is critical, and hiring a bookkeeper is relatively easy, and you don't interface with them a lot, and you don't have to give them access to the checkbooks. So. You know, that is a that is a, a home run delegation. That's right up there with delegating the cleaning of the house. You know, right. If you unless you love to clean the house and it's cathartic for you, the first thing in your personal life you should delegate is the cleaning of the house because it makes you feel better. And it's, mm -hmm. it's something that nobody really loves doing all that much. <laughs> exactly. You just think, you know, think about you know, for most of us, it'll take us, you know, maybe an hour to generate the cash to pay for the cleaner. Right. Right. And it's like, oh, yeah. So I'm going to trade an hour of work for saving myself four or five hours of misery. Yeah. Sign me up. All right. So tell us about that. That really cool checklist. Where where can we get it? And once we get it, yeah. how do we figure out how to how to use it the right way? So I put together a whole daily success checklist kit for you. So there's a printable version of it. There's a fillable PDF version. There's a completed sample. Oh, wow. So that you can see what it looks like when it's done. And I recorded a tutorial video 
that walks you through each section and how to use it and how to think about it and what to put in there because there's lots of different boxes. And so you can go to my website, simplesuccessplans.com slash checklist and download it. The whole kit is free. There's nothing weird on the back end of it. You just put it in there and it takes you right to the page where you can download stuff. There's no like, oh, before I give this to you, here's something else. No, that's great. We're going to put that in the show notes, simplesuccessplans.com forward slash checklist. Now, what if what if people, uh, they download that and they need help and they want to work with you? Do you work with individuals or do you work with people in groups? How do you work with people to help them get through this challenge they have with, you know, scheduling and planning yeah. and achieving their goals? Yeah, so we've got lots of different formats. So we teach them how to build a simple success roadmap, and we've got a system for that. And they can access that a couple of different ways. They can do, uh, we have a do-it-yourself version, right, with the videos and the worksheets and all of that, so they can do it that way. Um, every quarter we do a two-day live-taught boot camp. Mm. So they can join us live for two days, and we'll walk them through it, and they actually get time during the boot camp to do the work. So the goal is at the end of the boot camp, their plan is done. It is finished and ready to go. And then at the end of every year, we do a six-week masterclass version. Um, so it's the same content as the boot camp. We just spread it out over six weeks um, starting at the beginning of the year because we some people like to go through it in the slower, the slower version. So um, And for companies that are large enough, they've got a leadership team then we work with them one-on-one. Okay, so how long do you think it takes before this becomes natural? I mean, there's there's all these figures about developing habits and 11 days, 21 yeah. days, a month, three months. Yeah. How long until this process becomes second nature and it's something that we live by? Yeah, I find for most folks, it actually takes about six months. Okay. Right? It's a big change. So the, the building of the plan I can do that in one day, Mm -hmm. right? I could sit down with somebody and we can just knock it out, boom, done, teach them the whole system. We fill it out. Everything's perfect. But there is that rhythm of implementation. And I find that, that human beings, they, that we start and then we backslide a little bit. We start, we backslide a little bit and it just takes a while to really get that rhythm. But once you get it, you just never go back. Like you just get completely addicted to it because it just works and it's so simple and it frees up so much time and so much mental and emotional energy and it puts more money in your pocket. Yeah. Yeah. All right. SimpleSuccessPlans.com forward slash checklist. You can go there and get all of what uh, Laura was just talking about. She's got a whole kit there. It's not just the sheet. The kit is there and it's available for you. SimpleSuccessPlans.com forward slash checklist. So Laura, it was an absolute thrill having you with us today. Thanks for joining us and thanks for helping us with this thing that everybody struggles with. I, I don't know anybody who doesn't struggle with other than you who doesn't struggle with how they fit everything into their lives. So Laura, thanks again for joining us. It was great having you. Thanks for having me, Dave. All right, folks, that'll do it for this episode of the Inside BS Show. We'll be back here tomorrow with another interview. We take inside business strategy. We share all the insider business secrets with you, and we cut through all that inside BS that's holding you back. See you tomorrow. Until then, here's hoping you 
make a great living, and live a great life.